My name is Craig Pickett. I'm an executive recruiter. More than a decade ago, I started my practice for one purpose, to use my experience as a former military aviator, business jet sales executive, and P&L leader to help aviation and aerospace companies and their executives be fast, adaptable, and strategic. I do these podcasts to inspire and inform, but more importantly, they are a focused platform to help business leaders grow. Welcome to the Aerospace Executive Podcast. Welcome back to the Aerospace Executive Podcast. I am uh, very happy to have Scott Sanders with me today up in uh, Patuxent River, yeah. part of Maryland. Patuxent River, Maryland. Good to be here. Scott is a founding partner of uh, Tobacco Barn Distillery, as you can see behind his head. Um, he is a uh, former naval aviator. He flew uh, E-2 Hawkeyes and uh, you know, moved on from becoming a E-2 pilot to an admiral. And uh, so he's run the gamut. He's gone from a uh, pilot to running uh, troops in the Gulf of Aden to turning corn into whiskey up in Maryland. So uh, Scott, welcome. How are you? It's good. Well, Greg, I don't, I, most people don't know on your podcast here, but when we first talked, I knew you were an aviator. And then once I got on your LinkedIn, I saw we both flew the same aircraft in the Navy. So that's kind of a cool connection we have. Yeah, no, it was, a, you know, the E-2, it's, it's great. Everybody, everybody thinks you have, you have, the only thing that's out there is Top Gun. I'm like, no, nope, there's, there's big, slow, there's big, slow, ugly airplanes in the Navy uh, as well. So yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's all good. But Hey, so, you know, I want to start off. You are Tobacco Barn Distillery. You're doing a big event for charity. Let's start off with that and talk about it a little bit. And it's really cool because you've got the only privately owned Harrier. Harrier Jet, yeah. Involved. So this started off a couple years ago, Craig. I was, uh, I'm, I live in what's colloquially called Pax River, Maryland, because the Navy base is called that. It's in Southern Maryland, about an hour south of D.C., it's where the Navy test pilot school is. So mm -hmm. all the Navy test pilots, the astronauts, John Glenn, everybody's come through here. So uh, uh, one of those former test pilots now retired, a guy named Art Nalls. He runs an aviation company down here at the local county airport right near me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I own a distillery. <laughs> and so we make bourbon. And so I had, uh, I was talking to Art uh, at a farmer's market that we were doing at the airport because it's a fly-in farmer's market. You could people fly in and there's Cessna, whatever. They land right at the FBO. They can walk out and they can, you know, you can get fresh fruits and vegetables, Amish flowers and bourbon. It's kind of cool. And oysters. Yep. And so um, anyways, so he knew that we had, uh, we'd done a charity project where we take rum and we age it on the ship uh, the USS Constellation in Baltimore for the, to keep that uh, ship afloat. And so he said, uh, hey, wanna, have you ever thought about flying anything? And I said, well, no, Art, I hadn't. I said, uh, you mean on your jet? <laughs> he goes, yeah. So one thing led to another. And we uh, he, he gave me two of his drop tanks uh, because the drop tanks for the Harrier, the ones he had, don't have fuel gauges. So they're not very good fuel tanks if you don't know how much is in them. So he said, yeah, just rip them apart. I want them back, but you don't worry about having them being used for fuel tanks again. So be able to fit two 25 gallon wooden barrels of bourbon in each one. And we're going to put them on the Harrier, fly them up to about 15,000 feet or so. And then we're going to get to 
uh, 700, we're going to call it 700 mile an hour bourbon. It's for a great charity. It's called Semper Fi and America's Fund. It supports uh, our combat wounded veterans, their families, and helps them get their life back together. Because for a lot of people, it's a lifelong endeavor helping them out. So it's an awesome uh, charity. They're squeaky clean. They're, they're always rated in the top not only veterans charity, but any charity. So by all the independent assessments. So we were going to do it last May and then COVID hit. We were planning on this April. I don't think we're there yet. We're in Maryland. So I uh, just be, I have to, I have to work with the FAA on this and TTB, which is most people call it ATF. So I have to take off and land at the same airport with the bourbon. So, uh, and it's got to be in Maryland. So uh, we're probably, I talked to Art last week. We're going to probably do it this summer, maybe June, July. You know, by then, a lot of people have had the vaccine. I can imagine the, uh, the, the silence at the FAA office when you called up and said, hey, we're going to put a couple of drop tanks of bourbon on the bottom of a hangar, Harrier and fly 700 miles an hour. And uh, I, I don't charity. think Art told them what we were doing. I think Art told them, because you remember, you're speaking to the federal government. You don't give them any more information than they need to know. Right. We need this airspace here, you know. In, in the in the post, you know, in the post, uh, you know, 737 Max FAA world where, you know, hey, we're going to we're going to triple check everything. Um, yeah. That must have been an interesting conversation. Well, these the fuel tanks, we're not hitting anything structural. So, uh, in fact, we were originally going to use 30-gallon barrels, uh, but uh, I would have had to shim out some of the structure, and I didn't want to have to. I just, we're just leaving everything, the structural integrity in there. I mean, it'll weigh a lot less than a fuel full fuel tank, that's for sure. So Here you go. Interesting. So, let's, let's switch the subject. We'll come back to... Uh, We'll come back to the charity and we'll tell everybody how to get a hold of you um, yeah. towards that. But so you went from, you know, one thing I love about your background is you've got a startup. And uh, I got to, you know, I know some other guys that have started, a, a, you know, they bought it, they bought a distillery down in Texas and they're doing actually very, very well, but it's certainly not for the faint of heart. Um, Especially if you're making bourbon, because there's a couple different ways of doing it. You can buy somebody else's bourbon, put it in your bottle, mm -hmm. or which is nothing wrong with that. A lot of people do. Or you can make bourbon and wait four or five years and then sell it. So I don't worry. I kept my day job because you you just you can't go all in. We just I have two partners. We decided we're going to make it ourselves. Everything is in fact we grow the corn. We're on a farm, so we. Um, we grow the corn, we cook it, we mash it, we distill it, we barrel it, we age it, we bottle. Everything's done with us all by hand. So it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a real passion for us. Uh, and at the same time, we just wanted to do It's not, well, I'm not saying it's the best way to do it, but it's how we do it. And uh, it's it's damn good bourbon. We sell every bottle we make. There you go. So what do you tell somebody that says, I'm going to go follow my passion? I'm going to go do a startup. What do you tell them? What, what do they need to know when they jump out of... GE or Pratt and Whitney or Boeing or some big company and say, I'm going to go follow my passion and do this. What are they, you know, what's one or two things they I, need to know? I think I do your research. So we, I mean, we didn't jump into this. We were, this is about a, a three year, uh, you know, doing industry survey, uh, writing a business plan, you know, doing some stress tests on the business plan to make sure the business model was right. Uh, because, 
you, you have to be careful just because you think something doesn't make it true. And so, uh, you know, you can see a lot of stuff out there and you can be very hopeful. Well, it is, you know, you better have, you better stress test it. So you have to be humble enough to be willing to adjust and pivot and, you know, not, not just because you're passionate about something, Hey, I'm going to do that because we were going in, me and my partner said, okay, listen, if we ever get to where we don't think this is going to go, we're, we're not going to do it because just because we like doing it doesn't mean we're going to, you know, it's a lot of money. It, it's about 850 K just to start. So this is not, this is not a, a low barrier of entry to get into. So, um, you uh, and that's about the average for a distillery in the U.S. I mean, some cost more. It depends how you do it. Um, so we um, we did a lot of industry research and survey. You know, we'd go to other distillers. The cool thing on craft distilling in the United States, and now there's over two thousand. Everybody's willing to help everybody else because you're really not competing with anybody else. So I think you said you know Balcones down in Texas, and there's mm-hmm. a, there's another great distillery that now they're called Garrison Brothers. I've reached out to other distillers around the U.S. They're very much willing to help out. Yeah. It's, and I'll say, hey, I think in this, I'm like, well, you better be careful because that's not how it works. <laughs> and, you know, one of the things that we're having is hardened is getting the bottles. The bottles are, right now, we're having a just the supply chain in the U.S. right now is just completely bogged down. We finally, we're out of bourbon bottles. I can't, I can't bottle it. We're about 30 days away of getting a new shipment in. I'm so down to 42 bottles chain? of bourbon left. So you got supply chain issues. We were talking about we were talking about the barrels themselves. I mean, we I've got some friends up in West Virginia that started, yeah, a, you know, a, a barrel, barrel company, yeah, the great barrel a, company, great yeah. barrel company, and they're they're doing well with that. And that's you know that was a uh, some guys with a lot of money who, um, while well, some had a lot of money and and they built that, and that was more of an economic development thing up in West Virginia. Um, what about the mind? I mean, did you find that the mindset of jumping into a startup? And kind of doing it yourself was a you know, you know senior naval officer. Did you have to pivot that mindset a little bit and have uh, your kind of oh crap moments? Oh yeah, yeah. We we still have those. The uh, it's um, but you know it's it, again it's I think it's it's kind of the military background and you know you and I were aviators so we kind of go back on that training. I think a lot of people in the military have similar training where you you know you plan. Yeah, yeah, you get there, you're ready, and then you launch off the carrier, and then you realize those damn weather guys gave us a shitty weather forecast. Everything, everything I just planned and everything for. Everything goes to hell. Everything yeah. I just planned for just went to went to hell Every, in the first yeah, five minutes. And so we're gonna yeah, take it. So you know, you thought it was gonna be a nice uh, this, and then it, everything. Now, now you're doing a uh, well. People listening won't know, but. You know, you're doing a case three moveless approach, meaning which is like the worst case scenario on a carrier yeah. to get airplanes back aboard. So it's that type of thing. So the other thing is, hey, I've already been in the military. So the worst things that have ever happened to me in the most stressful, they've already happened. So my worst day in the distillery is nothing like landing on an aircraft carrier at night in bad weather. So, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. there's issues. But we can work through them. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I just get a lot. I get a lot. Of, it's interesting, you know. It's it's uh, in my line of work. I get a lot of people are big company people, and they 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 walk. They think they they think walking into a small company or a startup 
is would be fun. It's entrepreneurial. GE tried to get everybody to think like a startup a while back when ML was their CEO. And it's a, it's a completely, you know, it's, it's, it's a complete transformation in the, in the, the mental, you know, it's a complete mindset, mindset shift. But it keeps um, your mind active because you got to do everything. So you've got to worry about supply chain. You got to worry about marketing. You've got to worry about that, you know, so you're involved in everything, especially, I mean, we have nine people, so we're not that big a company. So uh, it's, uh, I mean, nine full-time people. So it's not that big a company. However, you have to, it's again, it's kind of like, I go back to being in the Navy, you know, the E2, this is your job. Everybody does something, but you, you know, you're specialized in this. So I have my piece in the distillery and my other two partners have their piece. We all do a little bit of everything, but we leave, you know, that the fighter guys, the F-14s, the F-18s, they're going to do what they do best. That type. Right. But everybody fights a fire. Everybody, okay. fights everybody, the fire. everybody, everybody does their job and stays in their lane until there's a fire. And everybody fights a fire. You, the nine nine employees you have. Obviously, you've got three founding partners. Are you all full time. Are you all full time involved? Each of you. Yeah, yeah, time? yeah. Well, I mean, I was over there, you know, at, on the weekends at night. You know, we're just doing stuff all the time. So it's uh, there's no uh, there's no set hours. There's set hours for because we have production, we have the manufacturing side, if you will. Uh, we've got the wholesale business. We've got the retail business. And then we have, I'll call it the marketing, you know, arm there. So our outward face of the company. So, what and the, then you got to do your business op. So uh, the three partners, we've all, uh, I don't know how we tricked our wives into this, but our wives are in this now. So, which is, we need, I mean, one wife is an expert in paying alcohol taxes to the federal government. And you need one person doing that. I mean, it is it is not an easy skill to have. I could not do it. I'm not, not that I would know anything about it. My wife does the books for the company. So she doesn't do the alcohol tax piece. She plays it. And then um, Dan's wife, Susie, she's actually, she's our MVP. She actually, we have found out, so because we taste everything before we release it. She's got what I call the full package. She has whatever's in your mouth and nose to be able to taste. She is a super taster. I mean, she just got it. So we don't release anything unless Susie approves it. I mean, I drink it and I'm like, yeah, I like that. But uh, she she just knows it. She goes, no, it's not this. It's not that. We're going to let it that one ride a little bit more. Were your spouses, did, did your spouses know that they were going to get involved in the business when you guys kicked it off or were they just drafted? I would say they would say no today, but they knew what was coming. I mean, because they know, what, I mean, me and our, my partners, we've known each other for 30 plus years. So it's, it's that type of thing. And um, they, they caught, you know, they saw it coming. I'll put it that way. <laughs> they never volunteered, but they saw it coming type of thing. I mean, we've all been, uh, and for whatever reason, it's just coincidence. We've all been married right around July 3rd, drive four. So this July 4th, fourth weekend we're going to celebrate like 116 years of collective marriage so yeah it's it's one of those things they've known us a long time and they put up with us and they do this too they, they enjoy it and and everybody and it's good my wife does a good job protecting me from myself that's about all i could say there it's uh yeah I can you know manage. i was going to say you know when you're talking about a startup there's uh there's a lot of things 
you just have to, um, and I, I talk to people that are starting up, whatever it is, uh, small businesses, they'll say, hey, whatever you think it's going to cost you, double it because you're just not thinking of things. Um, just like um, we've been, I, will, I don't know if we've technically been sued, but we've had uh, uh, restraining orders or something but by billion dollar corporations in Kentucky. <laughs> so the, uh, you know, we've had, I, ain't, I can't remember who it was. Heaven's Hill has sued us. We've had, because it all comes to the labeling stuff. So we had a, a, a label for our initial rum, because I'm a Navy guy and we want to make a Navy rum, called it Admiral Select, because I'm an Admiral. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. No. So, uh, the, uh, so what it, Heaven's Hill, I guess, owns Admiral Nelson rum, which mm -hmm. is kind of a schlocky, you know, spring break rum, you know, for 19 year olds that need to get drunk quick. So it's not like a good rum. Anyways, they own it and you can't put anything in there. So you can't put Admiral on any label in the liquor industry. Uh, so trademark, trademark infringement is basically they're coming after you. Yeah, it's a trademark thing. So they, uh, and I don't, you know, we did, we, uh, we don't, I mean, they have more lawyers than we have employees. So at that point you just say, okay, next. Okay, yeah. we're not going to do that. What's the next name? You know. Yeah, I remember with some guy at an airport, he uh, started a coffee shop called Federal es Federal Espresso. <laughs> and uh, some lawyers from Memphis called him up and said, you may want to <laughs> may may rethink that. So uh, yeah, I, I, I get it. And yeah, I'm sure that it's, uh, yeah, it's big company. Well, even our name. So we're Tobacco, tobacco Barn Distillery. So it says distillery on our name. Okay. And uh, there's some place in... Uh, it's on I-10 in Slidell, Louisiana, called the Tobacco Barn, you know. So they're selling, you know, Moon Pies and Yoo-Hoo and, and Copenhagen by the can. <laughs> and so they sued us. <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> we're not encroaching on your business. So we had to have something. Okay, we're not going to distribute <laughs> In Louisiana and East Texas, or something. <laughs> so, so the so so prepare for the unexpected. Prepare for the unexpected is what you're uh, is what you're saying. Well, just like COVID, who, who expected COVID? Right, exactly. I mean, I, we lost one hundred percent of our retail business immediately. Wow, really? Yeah, because you couldn't. Nobody could go out. You couldn't. Yeah, you know, there was no event. You, everything shut down. You couldn't. Right. You, yeah, there was no place to buy it. It was all it it reverted to all our wholesale accounts. So we lost a hundred percent of read. So that was half of our business. Um How'd we you lost fifty percent of the business overnight. How'd as you soon as they shut down, I think it was March the thirteenth, our retail business went away. How'd you pivot those sales? Uh, you know what we started focusing on wholesale because they uh during COVID liquor sales still went up. No, 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 but, yeah, no bars open, right? Yeah. So uh a lot of people a lot of people are going to we'll call it comfort brands, you know, cheaper level brands. So, you know, Jim Beam and that kind of stuff. But then and then and then the whole buy local thing to keep people in business came along. So we've done we've done pretty good in that we've landed a couple bigger wholesale accounts. Mm -hmm. uh, during COVID. So that's helped that total wine. I thank those guys. I mean, total wine, what a blessing to us. They're out of Maryland. Mm -hmm. So uh, they've been great to us. They, I mean, it's a, it's a huge company and they're helping out a little company like us. So that was helpful. Can you ship, you know, way off the aerospace topic, can you ship inter, uh, interstate? 
Can you do retail uh, interstate? There's, uh, but there's about seven states that have cooperative agreements with Maryland. In fact, I was just talking mm -hmm. to UPS today. We've got all our licenses. We've got everything in place here. I've got one last thing. I got to prove I'm not. It's the it's the finance piece. That once you take the order, it goes fine. Hey, I got to prove I'm not in the mafia or doing money laundering or something else. Here. Can you do digital? I mean, can you do digital? I mean, is digital? How is, is the digital world helping you at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's helping out. So we'll be able to ship uh, to seven states. Although you know, it, it depends on the state. There's you got to get a license. So I can ship in Maryland, but key is I can ship to military installations that have a UPS store. So like uh, if you, if there's a UPS store on there because it's federal property, I don't have to go through the state. Interesting. So, yeah. Or anybody on any, I can ship to any military installation in the U S there's a lot to think about. I mean, if you think about it, look, I just you have a small business too. And, and I think, well, about I never thought about shipping. I, I didn't ever wanted to get into shipping because it's kind of a pain, mm -hmm. but now we're getting ready to go into it to see how it works. And then, uh, you know, we, we, we have quite a, just because we have quite a big veteran following. And so, uh, yeah. It's, do you, do you want to grow it? Are you guys pretty well, you know, kind of where you're at and couple, you know, couple thousand cases a year and, and we're good. No, we're, we are, here's where we're at right now. We're, we, all our production decisions, it's bourbon. So we made them four years ago. Um, the, uh, we're right this year, we're going to release about a thousand cases of bourbon and then we're on a step function and that'll go to about 2,200 the following year. And then it gets to about 3,600 and then we'll get to about 5,200 cases a year is kind of our, our, where we'll, we'll settle off that will right now we're, we're, Regional, well, we're in Maryland is all we are right now, but we have, good news is we sell every bottle, but we're not releasing a lot. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to have to get farther out than Maryland. But if we get this mail thing, you know, we may not need to get as many other states. Do you have a targeted customer that you focus on? Do you know your demographic? Uh, is, yeah. there, is there kind of a targeted customer who's looking for your type of I mean, it's a, it's a, you can be something, you can try to be everything to everybody or you can, you can, you know, focus yeah, focus. I mean, we're, our bourbon's $58 a bottle. So that's, that's not cheap, but it's not expensive for a good craft bourbon. So if you get Balcones, uh, Garrison Brothers, Kings County, some of the other craft uh, bourbons in the U.S., yeah, that's in the ballpark and we might even be at the lower end of that. Um, yeah. So it's, it's the people who, uh, that have um, aren't looking. They're looking for quality instead of quantity, right? Um, and there are people that just like trying different, you know, different pieces. So we grow our own corn, and it's a rye forward bourbon. So about 25 percent rye, mm -hmm. uh, and we get it from the local Mennonites near us. So you know, it's all locally grown. It's it. Our water is uh, awesome water source. It's an it's an ancient aquifer that's been in down there since dinosaurs were roaming Maryland. So it's a, uh, there's nothing in it. There's no, I mean, there's trace elements out to five or six significant digits, but it's, and it's a neutral pH so 7.2, which is a beautiful, you know, it's beautiful water source for cooking, bathing or making bourbon. It's great water. That's interesting. No, it's, 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 you know, a lot of conversations with people and they want to be everything to everybody. It's hard. It's hard. It's like, Hey, focus, be something really good. You know, be a be six inches wide and a mile deep, and you'll do a whole lot better than if you try to be a mile wide and an inch deep. 
Yeah, um, our, our usual, you know, our customers are probably late 20s to, you know, my age or so, 60s or so. You know, people that like like trying a good bourbon here. I mean, I, I buy a lot of them too, so I'm my own customer. Um, so I'm kind of my own target demographic, but you have to be careful on that and think of that your customers think like you do. Uh, getting back to don't believe everything you think. So we got to, I tell you what, 60% of our customers are women. Really? Yeah. Well, they're, uh, they're the economic buying influence. So they're the one making the purchase. I'm not saying they're all drinking it, but yeah, they're the, they're the ones holding. Yeah. So they're, and, and I think the I think it's actually 62%. Once again, knowing, knowing your demographic, now you yeah. you start to target your customer, you know, who you're, you know, you're, yeah. you know, who you're targeting. It's the ones with the pocketbook. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, people that, you know, it's the same reason why you want to get, um, you know, people like, it's not only the local piece, you know where everything comes from. And our bourbon is, uh, I mean, we, we age it. It's, uh, it's a little bit more humid environment here than Kentucky. Um, we have, um, the weather is, it's scary. It's exactly the same as Bardstown, Kentucky. So we laid the graphs of temperature over 12 months for eight years on top of each other between Bardstown, Kentucky and where we live. It's, you know, 0.2 degrees off Fahrenheit. So there's no difference and it follows. So the wet, the only difference is uh, we're a little bit more humid here. So in Kentucky, you might get, um, you're going to get a lot more evaporation. Plus the rick houses are eight stories tall. We just have a one story rick house. So what'll happen there is uh, our bourbon doesn't go up in proof over time it stays about where it is. You know, it goes in about 118 proof. And so our barrel proofs about 118, sometimes 116. So no, knowing what you did know now, we'll finish it up here. Knowing what you know now, would you do it again? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this is this is a blast. I mean, it, I mean, you're, I'm making bourbon for a living. You may, but are you making money? <laughs> tell, me, tell me what's not to like. Yeah, and we won't, you know, it's a long haul thing. So we're, mm. uh, I think we'll actually make money in two years. Okay. So, uh, but we're not, we're not losing our shorts. We're paying all our bills. COVID uh, was a little scary at first. We've overcome that. Thanks to, thanks to uh, a, some partners like total wine and, and some other things that happened. And then, well, just pivoting. I mean, just doing the, um, the mail mailing and some of the other things we've been able to do. It's a lot to think about. I mean, you think about small business. Nobody really thinks about, hey, look, I got to figure about, you know, what happens if everything goes south? I got to think about shipping. I got to pivot. Yeah. How do I discover my demographic? You know, it's it's it, it gets starts to get overwhelming to a lot of people. And it's, it's pretty cool to, just to hear your story and how you jumped out of the Navy through corporate and uh, into the startup realm. So going back to the, uh, the 700 mile bourbon, the charity once again. Yeah, it's uh, Semper Fi and America's Fund. And uh, what we're doing, if uh, you might have somebody out there listening to this who might be interested in sponsoring, and I have some, uh, depending on if the, what level they want to sponsor, we got a, a 1,500, a 3,000, and a 5,000 level of sponsorship, but you can, we get their logo on the, um, on the drop tank. By the way, if you Google 700 MPH bourbon, we, I was on CNBC on Veterans Day because it I was on the Shepherd Smith show. They were highlighting uh, veteran yep. charities and okay. businesses. So uh, we'll do that. I can get, if they want to go at the 5,000 level, I get them a ride in the L39. You, you know, that the trainer okay. jet, 
because that's a two-seater. Uh, we'll get them up, uh, and that's the chase jet we're using for the flight. It won't be the flight that day because I got a couple sponsors, and we're going to fly them depending on availability sure. and those type of things. And then I ask people, "What do you what do you want?" Uh, you know. So one guy who's one of the top sponsors, he's coming up from San Diego. He's a surgeon, and he didn't want to, he didn't want to fly in the L thirty nine. I said, "Okay, what, what do you want to do?" He said, "What can I do?" I said, "Well." You know, just so you know, we're an old tobacco farm. That's why we have a tobacco bar. I said, we actually grow tobacco <laughs> and we roll our own cigars. And he goes, can I do that? I'm like, yeah. I said, hey, I said, for 10 guys, you bring 10 guys, we'll do an afternoon with you and 10 guys. Boom. And the kicker is, you don't write me a check. You write it directly to Semper Fi Fund and you get the tax deduction because I don't want the money. I want it to go all the Semper Fi Fund. Good for y'all. It's a great, uh, no, it's a great, uh, it's a great charity. It's a good sponsorship opportunity. It's a good thing all around. So, uh, hey, how do they, uh, how do people get a hold of you? Yeah, they can go to, you know, our website is www.tobaccobarndistillery.com. Okay. And then, or they can email me direct. It's just scott at tobaccobarndistillery.com. And, and if they want to learn more about the charity, that's the best way to, yeah. best way to connect with you. Awesome. Yeah. And you can learn about the charity by going to Semper Fi and America's Fund. It, that tells you all about the charity. And then it, it it has like on our website, you can either buy a ticket to the event or you can sign up uh, to put your name on a list to see if you get a bottle. Well, we think we're going to get, I don't know, 400, maybe 500 bottles of, of bourbon out of this. And I've got a list of about 800 people. However, you got to come to Maryland to pick it up. So that's the, the first run through is going to be people who can pick it up in Maryland. Gotcha. Awesome. No, it's great. Uh, it's a great event for a great cause. It's something unique. So yeah. uh, um, thank you. for. I wish you a lot of success with that. Yeah, well, thank you very much. It's good to, good to talking to another E2 guy. There's not many of us out in uh, corporate America. Here. That's because we're all we're all hiding. We're all, <laughs> we're all hiding. Yeah. Hey, did you ever know Jim Bridenstine? No. So he just he just left as the administrator at NASA. He's an E2 guy. And he's, uh, in fact, he and I, I, I've worked with him, I don't know, back in the 90s on something there too. So anyways, it's kind of just letting you know. So uh, in fact, I'm, I'm trying to get to meet with, he's with Acorn, uh, an investment company now. Oh, and, uh, uh, Acorn, Acorn Growth Companies. He's done yeah, a, yeah, yeah, so, uh, yeah. It's a great, it's a great. To, I'll, uh, I'll see if I can hook you up with him. He'd be a great guy to have on your show. I, I just saw that press release. I just saw the press release. So uh, that's a good, uh, Rick Nagel's a good, that's yeah. a great, uh, it's a great private equity group. So cool. Hey, thanks for coming on, Scott. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Good. Thanks a lot. Good talking to you. See Stay you. in touch. Bye. I hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Aerospace Executive Podcast. You can reach out to me directly, Craig at NorthStarESG.com, or check us out at www.NorthStarESG.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or on YouTube. Just do a search for Aerospace Executive Podcast. Thanks again. I'm Craig Pippen.